This message was recorded at the Covenant Nation, United Kingdom. thanks for his goodness and his mercies endure forever welcome it's a wonderful year and we thank god for the great things he's doing for the year of the manifestations of the sons of god we belong to a new tribe of people who have the very life of god on the inside of us Let's say a short word of prayer before we continue. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit here today. We thank you, Lord God, for your word upon our lips, that as I speak forth your word, that, Lord, you cause life to spring forth out of those words, and you cause a manifestation of your life in the hearers, in the name of Jesus. I worship you and I bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And before we go on, we've been talking about the blessing that makes rich. And um, very, very important. Um, we'll just read something here from one of the books of one of the fathers of the faith, um, which actually paints clearly what Christianity really is. Um, very important here. It says here, the secret of Christianity is in being. The secret of Christianity is in being, meaning that an understanding of who we are is the first thing that is so important. Like it says, a man called Watchman, he says the essence and the secret of the life of God is to sit down first, sitting down in the reality of what God has provided, I mean settled in the knowledge of the truth that Jesus Christ has wrought for us, then before when we are comfortably seated in the knowledge of the realities in what God has done in our lives, then we can begin to stand and against the walls of Satan and we can begin to walk in the light as he is in the light. So there are three things there. So you sit first in the revelation of what Jesus Christ has done before you can now stand against the walls of the devil and begin to walk the earth even along the path that God has designed for you. So it's a secret of Christianity is in being. And it is being, it is in being a possessor of the life and the nature of Jesus Christ. In other words, it is being um, Christ in character, Christ in demonstration, Christ in the agency of transmission, when a person gives himself to the Lord and becomes a child of God, a Christian, he is a Christ man. All that he does and all that he says from that time forth shall be the will and the words and the doings of Jesus Christ, just as absolutely and entirely as he spoke and did the will of the Father. I remember Paul said this in the book of 2 Corinthians. He says, look, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now, God is now on the inside of us reconciling the world unto himself. So now Jesus Christ has paid the price and he has gone back to be with the Father. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ was for one purpose, to create a new man, fine. But he also left us the gift of the Holy Spirit to enforce the life of God on the inside of us. Now it says here that Christ, we continue what we're teaching, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Why? That the blessing, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That's Galatians 3, 13 and 14, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. He says that the blessing, and that, that blessing is the promise of the Spirit that has been given to us. But Jesus says that it is more expedient that I go away. If I do not go, the Comforter cannot come. 
and that comforter will now lead us to manifest the sonship that God has wrought for us in Christ Jesus. He says, though you are now sons, he says, now tarry till you are endued with power from on high, the power to demonstrate the life that he has given us on the earth rest completely in, um, in, the, in, the, in the gift that he has given us in the Holy Spirit. Now, he says here in Proverbs 10, 20, he says, the blessing of God, Proverbs 10, 22, it make it rich and added no sorrow. So it's the blessing that makes. The blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow. That word blessing there, it means gift. It means an endowment. It means to enrich. It's, so that's what makes us rich. That's what brings wealth. And wealth, we know, is not just necessarily material substance. Wealth is the riches, all the things that God has planned for us. So that blessing is what makes. So we are not in an era. We are not in something that we are trying to make ourselves. There is a supernatural endowment. A person has come into our life that has made us prosperous. That has made us sound. That has made us well. So the blessing maketh. It maketh us. It maketh. We are blessing made. We are made by the blessing. So we understand that. He says that makes rich and adds no sorrow. So we have a supernatural endowment, which is the power to become what God has created us to be in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that, he says, and adds no sorrow. That sorrow there um, is the same original Hebrew word for toil, you know, that was used in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 and 16. He says to Adam, God said there that you will toil. That word means labor which produces pain and sorrow. He says labor which produces pain and sorrow. Or another one says pain and sorrow which is the result of toil and labor. So when the curse came, what happened was man began to toil. Pain and sorrow which was a result of labor or labor which produces pain and sorrow there so that's what was used in that place there in genesis 3 17 and 6 um, 16 and 17 it says from the sweat of your face you will eat bread and also for the woman it says you will actually bring forth children and you will have physical and emotional pain and sorrow in childbearing so that was the same word there it says that blessing has come to reverse that sorrow and that toiling in man. To be honest with you, if you look at Genesis, um, I was just reading through it. In Genesis chapter 2, I think it's from verse, um, the earlier part, it says that, that God had nothing had grown yet on the earth because God has not sent rain and there was no man to till the ground. Man was designed to till the ground. And if you go further in Genesis 2, 15, it says, they put man in the garden there to dress it and to keep it. So we're designed to dress it or to work it and to keep it. So we're designed to keep what was given to us and to dress, not toiling or laboring with sweat and sorrow. We're designed to keep what God, to care for it and to dress it. So the word toiling and sorrowing came as a result of the fall. And we have been redeemed from the curse. And we'll see something here. God, I mean, it's so, it's, so, it's so interesting here. We'll see through the scriptures how we're not designed to toil, but we're designed to till or to keep or to dress the things God has given to us. When we enter into the realm of toiling, it's an indication that we have departed from the original intent of God in the scheme of things. So, that's what happened there in Genesis. And that's why the whole of creation is groaning in that pain and sorrow, in that thing, waiting for the liberation and the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, if you go to Ezekiel 44, 18, that's a very interesting scripture there. Very interesting there. Ezekiel 44, 18, which is very interesting. Let's go there and see what it says there. Ezekiel 44, 18. So we're talking about the blessing, the blessing here is a divine supernatural endowment by the person of the Holy Spirit there that makes us, that gives us their, their advantage and supernatural strength 
and ability to manifest the life of Christ on the inside of us. So what I'm establishing is that it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. You know, that's why it's so important to know that we have to actually bring into perspective because there are three dispensations here. The first dispensation was God the Father. He demonstrated his love to us. The second dispensation, when the Son came here and gave his life, the grace of Jesus Christ appeared to all men. The third dispensation is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which will require to actually experience the love of the Father and the grace of Jesus Christ in practical times on the earth. So let's go to the book of Ezekiel 44, 18. A man was not designed to toil. Man was not designed to sweat. Man was not designed to, 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 to go to hard bondage. No. It says there that they have, they have, it's talking about the priests and their garments. It said they have, they shall have linen bonnets upon their heads. And they shall have linen breeches upon their loins. He said, they shall not guard themselves with anything that causes sweat. I like the CET translation there. I will read it for you. He says, their work or their labor shall not regard or involve anything that causes sweat at all. We're not designed like that. The priests and kings who have been redeemed unto God by the blood of Jesus and will be made priests and kings. It says, once we sit down in our priestly roles, it said the labor and the work was not designed to produce sweat, was not designed to produce sorrow or toil. It was designed, God designed in such a way that we will see clearly in the scripture. So we are now priests unto God, Jesus Christ has redeemed us by his precious blood and he's made us priests and kings unto God. Now, let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2. I'm just building this up from verse 35 to 36 because it is in this priestly role as we understand that, that our kingship will be manifested. It's in this priestly role that our kingship will be manifested. And it says, if we operate and understand how the priesthood works. It says we will not toil. It says a priest were not supposed to get themselves with anything that causes sweat. It says we enter into this place of sweatless triumph where our labors will be underpinned or generated or regulated by the presence of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. Now, it just tells you here what happened in 1 Samuel 2, verse 35 and 36. Um, God was saying, I'm changing the priesthood. I want to show you what the typical priesthood is like. This is very, a very, very deep scripture. It says, if you are toiling excessively, go back and check. If you are struggling excessively, go back and check. The only place where the labor is exerted is in the labor to enter into rest, not on the outside. So let us go back to the original plan. He says, I will raise up to me. Let, let, let me open the scripture actually because I, I know it off hand. Let me, not, let me not quote it. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 35. Very important here. He was changing the priesthood. Eli's sons had decimated, had desecrated the whole thing. And God said, I'm changing this priesthood. I'm bringing Samuel as a prototype to show you what the priestly office will do. If you function and you understand how the priesthood works you will perform and demonstrate the kingship easily on the earth. He says, And I will raise up unto me a faithful priest, someone that understands the priesthood. And what does that faithful priest do? What is the function of a faithful priest? He says he will do according to all that is in my heart and in my mind. You see, this is where the Spirit comes in. Where is the Spirit of God? How do you know? The Spirit comes to reveal the things of God. But we'll go there. But I just want to show you what the priesthood will do. It says, and I will build him a sure house. So, in essence, you were not designed, to be honest with you, to build your own house. You are not designed to actually be the one that caters for yourself. He says, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And say, it shall come to pass that everyone that has left thine house, 
that has come out of the function of being a priest will come and crouch to him for a piece of bread, a piece of silver, and say unto him, I pray thee, he understands that this man has something going on in his life because he's functioning as a priest. He says he will crouch and say, put me again into the priest's office that I may have a piece of meal. This is the secret here, a piece of bread to eat. The secret here is that they saw that this man was flourishing so much. They saw that he wasn't exerting himself on the outside. They saw that there was something flourishing in his life. They said, what is the secret of this man? They began to look closely. They said, ah, this man is functioning under something. He's functioning in a role which is called the priestly office. And what is that role? That role is that he's doing all that is in the mind and in the heart of God. And what is happening there, that he's seeing his life is flourishing. His finances are flourishing. His family is flourishing. His business is flourishing. I said, look, this man is not exerting himself like we are in this thing. They now went and discovered. They said, ah, it is because he's functioning in a priestly place of doing according to all that is in the heart of God and in the mind of God. And I said, please, 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 let us reverse the order. We are suffering too much. We are toiling too much. I pray you, put me in the priest's office that I may have a piece of bread to eat. So that is what he's saying there. And we'll see what it means here. You see, he says he will build him a sure house. We are not supposed to struggle to build our house. We're not supposed to struggle to try and meet the things that, I mean, regarding the, the welfare of, we're not supposed to struggle in that sense. He says that except the Lord builds the house, he says the labor in vain that build it. Except you can build it all. But the labor will be, will be will, 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 you're not supposed to. It says, except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wicked but in vain. I will show you what that scripture says in a, Psalm 127 there. Let's go there and see. The order has changed. God is saying, look, this is the order. You've been trying to meet your needs. You've been trying to do it yourself. But there's a way here. It says there, except the Lord builds the house. You see, remember he said, I will build him a sure house. He says, your job is to be faithful in the priest's office. And we'll see what that means. He says, the labor in vain that build it. So except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman, wicked but in vain. All the works of man. This is what the, 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 the subscript in the concordance says here. Built independent of God are vain. This psalm teaches man to depend on God for success in building lasting things, whether it's houses, families, business, national security, or anything else. It's saying there that it is the Lord that builds the house, and except he builds that house, the labor in vain that build it. And the house we are talking about here, we are God's house. We are God's building. Paul said, we are his husbandry. In the book of 1 Corinthians there. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9, he says, we are fellow workers with God and you are God's field or God's building. So your life is God's project. See, before you were born, before you came into this earth, God was the one that got the idea of bringing you to the earth. God is responsible for your life. God wants to be everything to you. He wants to take responsibility for you if only you will allow him. And there's a way in God here that he wants to do this. So, and we are God's house. It says there, we are God's building in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. And we'll see what, um, how God and wants to actually do this in this new covenant. In First uh, Corinthians three sixteen, it says it again that you are God's house. You are the temple of the living God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, has come to dwell on the inside of you. So the essence of it from the beginning, if you look at 1 Corinthians 6, 16, 3, 16, and 2 Corinthians 
6.16, the plan was God wanted to inhabit man from the start. He wanted to be in a place where he can have communion with man. He says there, do you not know that you yourselves are the temple of the living God? And the Spirit of God has his permanent resting place in you. It now says that, look, that God says that I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So it's about man being the dwelling place of God. So the presence inside the holiest has come now to dwell inside man. So it's a very, very, it's, a, it's almost like a, it's an awesome thing to think about. It's, it's almost incomprehensible to the natural mind that God himself has come to take his permanent resting place inside man in the person of the Holy Spirit. For Jesus says he shall be in you as well and he shall dwell in you. And abide with you forever. So that is what he has come to do. To dwell inside man. And we have agreed that man is the temple or the building of God. And it's God's responsibility to build that house there that he, has, um, he dwells in. And the foundation here is very important. We have to understand this. He says we are lively stones. I'm just building this up. And we have built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God by Jesus Christ. That's in Second Peter, in Second Peter chapter, um, in First Peter chapter two, verse five. He said, "You all are living stones, and you have built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God." So we are now spiritual houses. We are being built up to offer up spiritual sacrifices. So what now? How do we get this building in progress? You know, it says that this faithful priest, very important you follow this, shall do according to all that is in my heart and in my mind. So the mark of being a faithful priest in this new covenant. He's saying that. The function here, the role here, the, the task here is to do according to all that is in his heart and in his mind. He says, leave the rest for me. I will build the rest for you. Your job as a priest is to do according to all that's in his heart and in his mind. And he will build you a sure house. And we say God is the builder of all things. He's the one that is building the house. For Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the carpenter or the builder is the one that knows how to build. He says, the builder, in building a house, he has a foundation. I want us to get this right today. There is a foundation here in building a house. You see, and he decides on what material... To build the house with. You can have some builders that <laughs> every building has a foundation, but you know, some builders can use all sorts of foundations um, from anything from a foundation that will crumble at the slightest crack or a foundation that will stand the test of time. So it's at the discretion of the builder to decide what foundation he wants to use. And God is saying, I am the builder of your life, you are my temple. And the foundation I want to use here in building. You cannot decide the foundation I want to, you want to use. It says the sure foundation I have chosen here in building your house. Let's go and look at it now. In the book of Matthew chapter 18. This is how the process starts. See, nothing God builds is built without this foundation. This is the foundation. Let's get it straight now. This is the foundation of the building. It's not your wishes. It's not your dreams. This is the foundation that God used to build all things inside your life as his building. So you are now his personal responsibility. He says for you to be built by me, you have to have this foundation 
in your life established and the Spirit of God has been given to us solely to start this process because without Him, we can't actually access this foundation. This foundation cannot be transferred from person to person. This foundation cannot be got from any other source. This foundation can only be revealed by the Spirit of God and we'll see it clearly inside the scriptures. How is God going to build this house or this church or this body? Go to the book of Matthew chapter 16 there. Very important. Don't build anything. Don't enter into any venture without this foundation. This is where it starts from. Otherwise, what will happen is that it says, let, let's go there and see what it says there. Matthew 16. From verse, let's start from verse um, 17. Let's start from 14. 14. Matthew 16, 14. So this is so important here. You know, people have built all sorts of foundation. But I think this is so important. This is the foundation of it. Let, it says here, and they said, Jesus asked in 13 that um, he came and said, um, Who do men say that I am the son of man I am? He said, Who do men say that I am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist. Some say thou art Elijah. And others say thou art Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. And said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? You see, this foundation, what Jesus is trying to say here, that this is personal. It's so important here. He says, he came to them. And said unto his disciples. He now said, they started saying all sorts of things. And they said, who do you say that I am? You see, the first question was, who do men say that I am? That's not as important. Who do men say that I am? It's not as important. He now directed the question to them. Who do you say that I am? So what I'm saying here is that Jesus is saying now that men might have said things around you about that thing you are doing. Men might have said all sorts of things that different projections. But he's saying now who, what is your own personal foundation regarding that matter? It doesn't matter what your pastor has said. It doesn't matter what people have said, what the projection is, what the economy is saying. It is the revelation that has come to you personally, that is the most important thing. And that is your foundation regarding anything you are doing. This is so, this is the starting point of it all. He says, men say this. They say, some say, this, but now, whom do you say that I am? It needs to come to you personally. That means you have to move away from the realm of the general opinion, of the realm of the general knowledge into the realm of the specifics that is inside your heart as a person where there is no one there around you when there is no support structure who do you say that I am what is the knowledge there that God has given you personally regarding that issue in your life when all the people around have gone away have gone to bed and Simon Peter answered and said that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto me, blessed art thou Simon but Jonah. This is the revelation that, this is the, see, this is the foundation that confers blessing. This is how the process of the release of that power starts in your life as a person. He says that flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. It is impossible for flesh and blood to give you that foundation. People can teach you, can show you, but that revelation, that foundation has to be given to you 
by the Spirit of God himself. That's why the Holy Ghost has come into our lives as individuals in this work of faith. Whatever it is you are reaching out for, whatever it is you are reaching out to God for, you must go to God and he must whisper to you, and this is the strength of it, that once he whispers to you, that becomes the foundation of your life. No matter what anybody says, the foundation of God stands sure in your life. You know that this is what God has said to me personally. It doesn't matter what anybody says, that, and you hold that thing as the foundation of the building block regarding that particular thing God is showing you. See, this is so important. It doesn't matter what any human being on earth says. Once God has transferred that word to you or that revelation to you by the Holy Ghost into your life. See, look, just think about it. If the disciples were the ones that, I mean, they were around Jesus. How do you see how deep this is? And the blind man was shouting, son of David, have mercy on me. They said, shut up, pushed him away. He saw something that made him call him son of David. He saw something that made him shout and cry out. But the ones that were hanging around Jesus did not have that revelation. They said, stop, push him away. You don't know what you're talking about. This is Jesus. You know, but if he had stopped based on what the people surrounding Jesus were saying, he would have not received his miracle. I'm telling you that this is so important here. People have become so respectful of, respect people, but the respect of persons, right, is choking the power of the revelation of the Holy Ghost inside the heart of man. Jesus says, the Holy Ghost has come. I've released my spirit so that Every single person, every single child of mine can have access to that foundation. Independent or irrespective of any man. So he's saying here, he says, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not, it is not possible for flesh and blood to transfer revelation knowledge. It comes directly from the Spirit of God. They can show you, they can teach you, but the ultimate thing is that you have to go to the Spirit and let him open it up to you because that is the foundation upon which you stand. He says, he says, so I've given you the keys of the kingdom. And now says in 18, upon this rock, I will build. So that's the foundation. Upon this rock of revealed truth, not one past, see, get this, not one past from man to man. Not one past from the public or the general um, ideas there. That truth must be revealed inside your heart to the extent that if everybody disagrees with you in your heart you are solid on the inside and saying this is the foundation inside my heart the Holy Ghost has opened the scriptures to me inside this matter and I have seen it in my heart irrespective of what the atmosphere is saying irrespective of what the people around are saying this is the foundation here it says upon this rock Upon this foundation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. This is so. This is why it's so important. Revelation knowledge. When I say revelation knowledge, the word of God revealed to you personally by the Holy Spirit that has been given to you is the foundation for that building to take off in any area of your life. So always go. To get that word. And he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is the only foundation that will keep you in the place of victory. That is the only foundation that will make you stand tall and stand on the rock. That is the rock upon which you will stand that will keep the gates of hell will not prevail against. So you will always win when you stand on that foundation of revelation knowledge. When I say revelation, I mean the word of God that has come to you by the Spirit of God as it might come as the word was going forth. It might come as you are reading the scriptures. It's so deep that even the person that is preaching might not even have that depth of understanding that the Spirit has given you. 
That's why it's such an individual thing that the Spirit ministers to you. And once it comes, something is quickened on the inside of you and made alive. And it is the foundation for wonders inside the kingdom. No other foundation can any man lay but a foundation of the revelation of the word of truth inside a man's heart that has come to him by the Holy Ghost. So let us, let us get that so importantly. So people have run around chasing different foundations. Paul said no. Jesus said no, that look, this is the foundation upon which I will build. I am the builder and this is my building, you are my building. And I've chosen that this is the foundation. When I reveal it to you, that is the rock upon which you stand. That is the rock upon which you stand. He is the cornerstone and will begin to build from that rock upon which he has revealed to us. I'll repeat it again. It is so important, has to be emphasized. The foundation upon which you start building anything is the foundation of the word of God that is revealed to you regarding that thing. Someone comes to meet me and says, um, I'm believing for this. And I say, what is the foundation? What has the spirit revealed to you? If you don't know, you can give the person general scriptures and say, okay, look at it. I'm beginning to read the scriptures around that thing until the word of God, because that is the rock upon which you stand. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you once you stand on the rock of revelation knowledge. That's what we're saying there. It is the rock. It is the rock upon which you stand. And the builder, who is God, begins to build on that rock. You cannot move in the realm of the spirit without revelation knowledge. That is the only legal entry into the realm of the spirit and the things and the workings of God on the earth. You know, so let's understand that. So important. Um, revelation knowledge there given by the spirit and that was the holy ghost has come there he says look the spirit of god has come to reveal the things that have been freely given to us of god the primary role of the, he has come to reveal the things that have been freely given to us of god so that is the foundation upon which it stands you know so don't let the enemy tries to trick people tries to move them around chasing shadows you know, pursuing one thing or the other without the solid rock. He knows that once they stand on this rock, they become immovable. They become undefeatable. They become unsurmountable. He says, this rock here, which is a light or revelation knowledge, he says, it shines in darkness. He knows that if he tampers with the foundation, he can easily get away. He says, this light here shines in darkness and the darkness cannot overpower it. That's what we were saying there. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. So that's why we're emphasizing this. So let your life in 2021... Start with revelation knowledge. That's what I'm getting to. See, don't get, go to God and find out. Let the Spirit reveal to you. Regarding your child, regarding everything you are doing, open up yourself. Say, look, show me what is written here. It is just too important. You see, why I'm saying this is that Jesus Christ himself, you know, he was the Son of God, but he had to, just think about it, he had to find out what was written of him in the volume of the book. That's what he stood on. He had to go to the scriptures and find out from the book of the prophets, this is my assignment, what is written, think about it, of me in the, I created everything, but to function here to the place where you overcome, you stand against the walls, you are able to stand. He says, I had to go to the scriptures. And when I was looking through the scriptures, as I was growing up, I found it in the book of Isaiah. He says, the spirit of God is upon me. So he said, saw that thing and said, this is the revelation upon which I stand. The reason why is because when everything is said and done, human beings can move to the right and to the left. John the Baptist that ordained Jesus into ministry. That's why I'm staying on this point here. Ordained Jesus into ministry. <laughs> when John was in serious problems, this was someone. That's why, see, it is, it, Revelation is, is a personal thing. Someone anointed him, ordained him into ministry. He saw the heavens open. This was a divine, supernatural visitation of the Spirit of God upon John. God told him, upon whom you see the dove descending on, that is the Son of God. 
John told the disciples, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He was prophesying under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. John is a man. John is a man. Your pastor is a man. Your friends are men. Only God is God. John was in trouble. The same John. I want, to, I want you to appreciate the power of revelation knowledge. That's why you must have it. That's why you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, it says, it says you cannot be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine there. If you don't have this, you'll be tossed to and fro. He said there. He said, he said the disciples got me Jesus. He said, are you the, just think about it. Are you the Messiah? Or do we wait for another? I mean, I thought about it deeply that, for example, if someone ordained me into ministry, someone uh, in ministry, just think about it, and it's by the Spirit of God's prophecy to you, and he now comes to tell you that, ah, I'm not sure that you are the one. Ah, are you sure that you are the one? I mean, it, it's enough to, to destroy everything you ever thought of. It's enough. Don't think that because it was Jesus. It's enough to scatter the whole ministry. <laughs> Jesus said, <laughs> You're too late, John. He says, the revelation of that truth has entered into my consciousness. He said, go and tell John. He was repeating Isaiah 60 again because that was the revelation that God gave him personally. He says, the blind see, the lame walk. He, went, he was quoting that Isaiah 60, 60 again. And he's going to tell him that. You know, blessed are they that are not offended in me. So understand this, it must, that's why I'm emphasizing this, your, your task in 2021 is to stand on revelation knowledge. It's to stand on revelation knowledge. Paul said the same thing, he said, look, God revealed to him, he said, look here, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That means there was something that God gave to me. So have that word, let the Holy Ghost open it to you regarding everything you are doing. Go to him and let him open it to you. It's so important because that is what will stand. That is what will stand. I'm sure Jesus said, look, demons out. The spirit of God is upon me. It, was the, it has entered into him. You out. It wasn't like you were just doing it. It, 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 he, he, it was based on that rock he was standing on. So what rock are you standing on today is my message to you. What rock are you standing on regarding that situation? What's the rock you are standing on? What is the rock? Are you just quoting general things? Or there is something inside you which, and no matter what anybody says, you are standing on that rock. So important. The rock of revelation or the revealed word is there for you to stand on. And it's so important there. You know, revelation knowledge. So, I will... Stop here today because we're talking about the house being built. So go back and scrutinize your life. That, that thing you are doing, have you gone up to God to get the foundation there? That business you are doing because, because anything that's not built upon the rock, upon the rock can be wiped away in 24 hours. Have you found that rock there? Have you found that revelation? When I say revelation, what is written regarding your marriage? Have you gone to God to find out inside the word that what is written and it opens your eyes? Even when I was getting married, the Holy Ghost, we went to prayer and the Lord showed us in the book of Ephesians. That's what I'm talking about there. He says, look, this is the blueprint of your marriage. Take it and begin to go into it and make it yours. So we took that blueprint. It doesn't matter what anybody says. The blueprint there is in Ephesians chapter 2 is there given to us by the spirit of god and we began to interact with that revelation and we'll talk about that next week so it starts with that that child you are running around with that business you are doing have you actually seen when i say revelation i don't mean a voice or, or someone prophesying i mean that the holy ghost shows you inside the written scriptures there what is written regarding your marriage your family and everything your vision your ministry inside the written word inside the book we we'll have to go back to the foundational things in the word of truth here. And that's where you start from. That is where you start from in Christianity. That is the rock and the foundation upon which you move ahead. So that is foundation there, the written word of God.
when man fell, that was what was taken away from Adam there. It says his eyes were opened to sense knowledge and the ability to see what God is saying there was lost in man. And that's what Satan was praying on throughout generation. The Holy Ghost has come to restore our sight now to give us access to the rock upon which we will stand. And when we stand upon that rock, we can never be defeated. And that's the starting point. So we'll go there. The builder says, get the foundation here. It's revelation knowledge. And I will give it to you if you come to me and ask me to open your eyes. So go back to the rock. What is the rock upon which you are standing in your life today? Do you have a rock? Do you have a written scripture concerning the works of your hands? Concerning your destiny? Concerning your family? Do you have the rock there? Have you gone up to God to find out, to ask him, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Has he shown you the things of Jesus in specific terms regarding that matter? Don't let the environment decide the outcome for you. Don't let the, the, the environment decide the trajectory for you. Don't let the environment decide the foundation upon which you are standing. Let the foundation, the starting point, be that rock, which is the revelation of God's word. And when they say revelation, what the word of God has written concerning you in that particular matter. What God, Jesus, has showed you inside his heart concerning that thing. Remember, the faithful praise, that's where it starts from. That will do according to all that is in my heart and in my mind. And how does he know what's in God's heart and mind? Is by revelation, the spirit of God. So we have to go back to him and start that. If it's a business you are doing, what, is, what did Jesus say to you inside the world? Not a voice now speaking. What did he say inside the world? Because that is a sure foundation inside the this, So we are going to build slowly this year. I believe strongly that we are talking about building a foundation for solid advancement and manifesting the sonship that God has given us. So it starts with revelation. It starts with what he has revealed. It starts with what he has revealed. Do not move. Go back. If you are already advancing, go back to find out what has he revealed to me. And it's not difficult. You're trying to get married. Go back and find out what is written in the Bible. In the Bible concerning it. Let him show you. He will show you. He says the Holy Ghost will take the things of Jesus and he will show them unto you. He will take the things of mind. People are trying to do things themselves. They are trying to build their own house. He says, no, I am the master builder. Let God build the house for you. But when I want to build that house, it doesn't start with anything on there. It starts with revelation, the scriptures, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, the written word, the written word. Go there and look inside the book. Check. As you're reading, the, the Holy Ghost will show you, but ask him to show you. But it starts with that. And when you get that, you begin to move on. You know, it's not difficult. You go to the Bible and start from there. Don't try and build your house yourself. The Spirit of God has been given to you that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God regarding your life or whatever it is in front of you. So that's, my that's what I will employ you to do. We're starting this year now. Let it start with Revelation. Revelation, revealed word, regarding that child, regarding what it is. You know, even if people are going to pray for you, go to the scriptures and get the word. Go to the scriptures and we have to go back to the practice of Christianity. Go to the scriptures and get the word. Jesus went there. John went there. Paul went there. It is all over there. You have to go back there to the Bible, the Bible itself, the written word. And the Spirit will open that word to you and show you what his mind is. Then we'll continue next week and see how pro we're going to go take it progressively now. You know, people, we're making too many decisions on our own, with our own mind, with our own presumption. We're thinking, okay, let, it says it is what he has said inside the word that starts the process. Um, and we trust that the Spirit of God has been given to us. Because if we just stand there, if we don't ask him, we just stand and wait and looking, you know. And, um, and that revelation will come to you as an individual there. And as you get that revelation, as it opens up to you, you're going to enter into places that God has planned for you as a person. Very important. And uh, we trust that the Holy Spirit will begin to lead us. That's where you begin to enter into a personal walk with the Lord God. 
but it starts with that revelation. I'm, I'm going to focus on that and let's go back. Honestly, I, I implore let's go back to get not uh, Christianity is 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 a revelation of Jesus Christ, revelation of God concerning what you are doing. It is not a religion, and that's where it starts from. The revelation of God's word. You know, you might think that um, it starts with revelation. You can be praying, praying, and praying amiss. It's the first prayer is that Lord, open my eyes to see. You know, open my eyes to see. Let me see. Let me see. So that I will function from that point, that rock there that sees. You know, so let's let's go back there and begin to realign ourselves. So we can be faithful priests. Let's find out before you can do what's in his heart, you have to know what's in his heart. You know, so let's find out find out that out and begin to walk with that. So the assignment is to go back and find out what is written. I'll say it, I'm repeating it again for emphasis. It's so important so we can start our own walk with God himself. Has he spoken to you? Have you seen it in the Bible? That business you have been doing, have you seen what he has said concerning it? That child that you brought into this world, have you actually gone up to him to find out what is the written of him? him or her in the volume of the book or that marriage have you have you actually gone up to find out or the purpose he has given you or the the ministry have you gone up to find out or you're just assuming that he said one two three when you haven't gone to have a personal revelation inside the scriptures about it father we give you thanks and we give you praise we thank you for your work um for your presence and for the work you've given us to do on this earth we thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the privilege to be born at such a time as this. We ask that by the power of that same Spirit, you reveal to every man what you have written of them concerning their lives and the future and the destiny you have for each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you'll like to listen to other messages or worship with us, please call us on 0800-689-4318 or check out our website www.covenantchristiancenter.org.uk for more details. God bless you.